Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. For me, just simply being reminded, hey, we're, we're not going to deal with what ifs. We're going we're gonna to deal with what is. And just that very, very simple truth helped really ground me, you know, back into the present moment and helped me realize that, you know, hey, I, I don't have to camp out in this headspace of what if, what if, what if. I can just live in this in this moment, and and this moment is all that I ever have to deal with. There's nothing I can do about yesterday. It's already happened. There's nothing I can do about tomorrow. It hasn't happened yet. The only thing that I can do is, you know, that I can work with is right here in this present moment because that's where our, our power lies. If recent world events have taught us anything, it's that life doesn't always look the way we want it to look. And while we can control the curveballs that life throws at us, we can control a response to them. We're joined today by New York Times bestselling author Mandy Hale. Today in Connections, she's going to share a little bit about her latest book, which is called Turn Toward the Sun, releasing what if and embracing what is. She's going to share her own journey and how God has helped her realize that we need to live in the present moment. We're joined today by Mandy Hale. She is a New York Times bestselling author. Your newest book is Turn Toward the Sun, Releasing What If and Embracing What Is. Releasing What If. It sounds really simple and embracing what is sounds very difficult. How do we even start to even um, wrap our minds around this? Yeah, well, I think this whole concept for me came about in the last couple of years as we were all dealing with you know, collectively, just as human beings, we were all dealing with the stress and anxiety and challenges of living with a global pandemic. Um, And then in addition to that, we were also all dealing with our own personal, you know, challenges and struggles that come along with just everyday life. So I was finding myself really stuck in this space of, you know, almost paralyzed by, you know, the, the what ifs, like, what if I get COVID? What if, uh, you know, what if the world never goes back to normal? What if my parents get COVID? What if, what if, what if, what if, and just on and on and on to the point where I really found myself, you know, sort of like a deer in headlights, um, allowing the big scary what ifs to, to just literally stopped me from living my life. And something that I heard from a couple of different places, but, you know, people who, who are very near and dear to me, my my dad being one and then my therapist being the other, both of them sort of had the same refrain during that season of, we're not going to live in the what if we're going to live in the what is. And something that my therapist liked to remind me of was you know, 99% of the the big, scary, big, bad that we're all so, so anxious and so worried about never happens. But even if it does, if you put yourself through it, you know, the, the what if, what if, what if before it ever even happens, then you forced yourself to live through it twice instead of just once. So for me, just simply being reminded, hey, we're we're not going to deal with what ifs. We're going to we're going to deal with what is. And just that very, very simple truth helped really ground me, you know, back into the present moment and helped me realize that, 
you know, hey, I don't have to camp out in this headspace of what if, what if, what if. I can just live in this in this moment, and, and this moment is all that I ever have to deal with. There's nothing I can do about yesterday. It's already happened. There's nothing I can do about tomorrow. It hasn't happened yet. The only thing that I can do is, you know, that I can work with is right here in this present moment because that's where our, our power lies. Now, what if... You mentioned it a little bit there, but what if these what ifs turn into reality? So in our in my life right now, one of our friends was just diagnosed with cancer. So that what if it is cancer turned into it is cancer? How do they overcome? How do how do we overcome when those what ifs become reality? How do we overcome that anxiety that that now causes? Well, my big what if did become a reality because in 2020, a few months into the pandemic, both of my parents were both, they were both diagnosed with cancer back to back within one month of each other. Um, so it was during that moment that, you know, obviously my world came crashing down and I did have to let, you know, you don't, you don't just snap your fingers and magically overcome the anxiety from, from those moments. The anxiety is going to come, the, the, the worry, the fear, the panic, the doubt, the can I do this? Can I get through this? Can I face this? All of those things are going to come and you have to walk through those things. You can't just, I wish that there was a magical, you know, word or button that we could push and just like fast forward through the big, scary, hard moments, but we can't. And so for me, I had to live through that and I had to learn, you know, that, hey, I have to let myself feel everything that I'm feeling. And in this moment, what I'm feeling is absolute terror that I'm going to lose my parents. What if my parents die? You know, I am still a, I'm a single woman and my parents are I'm very close to them and they're probably my best friends in the world. And so it was like a double blow for me that it was my parents who were sick and my best friends who were sick. So. I had to really wrestle. I had to wrestle with all the what ifs. I had to let myself walk through, you know, all the anxiety and feel all of the feelings, but I just couldn't allow myself to stay there. And the way that you pull yourself out of that is to, to once again, realize, well, one therapy, I mean, I, I think every human being needs to be in therapy, but particularly people who are dealing with a big life blow, whether it's you that was diagnosed with cancer or someone you love that was diagnosed with cancer or someone you love has passed, um, you're going through a divorce, something, you know, anything like that. I feel like every, every person needs to, needs to have a therapist because we can't always handle things on our own and we need someone to come in and help walk us through these big, huge life altering events. And so that's obviously my number one, um, recommendation to, to anyone. But the second is to, again, I, I, I came to realize during that season as we were going through doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment, trying to get an official diagnosis and figuring out a treatment plan and figuring out a course of action and what we're going to do from here and what life is going to look like now. I realized I had to, I absolutely had to live in the present moment. And it sounds very simple and very cliche almost, but it really is. It's it's what you're anchored to. It's what is holding on to you tightly that you can't. If I was camped out in the, OK, well, what about this doctor's appointment next week? Or what about this scan that mom has to have next month? Or, you know, if I'm constantly focused on some future scary thing, I'm not able to be fully present in this moment and I'm not able to help care for my parents, which I do. And 
um, I'm not able to be a benefit to anyone, especially myself. So I think just realizing that this moment, this day, this moment that's happening right now, it's all that you have to, that's all you have to contend with. You don't have to deal with tomorrow yet. Tomorrow will take care of itself when it comes. For now, it's so important just to, especially when you're walking through something big and scary and, you know, completely earth shattering, you have to give yourself grace just to live in each moment as it happens and not constantly be focused on the thing that's coming in a week or a month or a year. Because when you get there, you'll have grace for that moment. But for right now, all you have to deal with is today. There was a smart guy that said something similar. I think his name was Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow yes. will worry about itself. <laughs> what role has uh, faith played in your life? Uh, yes, he, he did indeed say that. And, I mean, honestly, that's kind of where I, I take my cues. Um, my faith has been, I mean, it's it's sort of my foundation of everything else that I do. Um it's not something that I'm not the person who walks around, you know, beating people upside the head with my Bible. That's, you know, that's never been who I am. I'm someone who likes to live my life by example. Um, instead of, you know, preach at people, I like my life to be the message. But yeah, I mean, my faith has absolutely, without my faith, I don't know that I would have survived these last couple of years because it really did carry me through. It was one of those things that I had to learn to accept because this is one of those things that I think growing up, you have this idea, at least I did in church, that when you're a believer, you know, only good things happen. And, you know, you're you're going to you're not going to have anxiety or fear because you're going to be so filled with faith that, you know, life is just going to be wonderful and perfect. And for a long time, that's what I thought being a follower of Jesus was all about. And then you know, as life happened and challenges happened, I came to realize that we're not exempt from any of the bad things. The only difference is, you know, we have someone who's sitting with us in the middle of the bad things. And so that's, I didn't really, I mean, obviously there were moments over the last couple of years where I would, I would yell at God and say, why are you doing that? You know, I mean, we all, if you've never had that moment with God, I think you probably don't have a very deep and meaningful relationship with God, because I think, you know, you have to, if it's okay to ask God the big, scary questions, he can handle it. And for me, you know, I've certainly had those moments, but the overlying feeling that I had was just that he, you know, he was not causing, God doesn't cause pandemics and cancer and divorce and death and grief and loss and all these other things. Um, he doesn't cause them. Um, but he does set, he does promise to set with us in the midst of them. And also drew strength knowing that there was absolutely nothing that I could go through that, you know, that Jesus hadn't already been through. And so just that was just very comforting to me, just knowing that he was always there with me in the middle of it. And he may not <clears throat> snap his fingers and deliver me from this this big, scary, challenging thing. But I, I knew that he was there holding my hand and just my family and I were just carried through in so many ways, um, just little provisions, little graces, little, little moments that would happen along the way, whether it was someone reaching out to, you know, uh, send my parents a gift card to buy a buy them a meal or someone 
dropping off a meal or someone saying that they were praying or someone on Twitter just saying something comforting in those moments. It was just these little, little graces, not, you know, not all these. I think we're taught to look for all these big, gigantic miracles. And, and that's the mark of our faith. But I think for me, it's the the I don't know. The real miracle has just been finding the strength and drawing the strength from those those little moments that would happen. Um of just evidence that we were being supported and held and taken care of. I was uh, just thinking as you're talking about Jesus and his ministry, like there is an expert of embracing what is. He was always in the moment, right? And right. notice the present, you know, walking down a street and he's like, hey, look, there's a dude up in the tree. What's his story? And then he's in Zacchaeus's house next thing you know, right? Or right. he's got places to go and things to do, but he's rebuking his disciples. No, let the kids come to me. Let me talk to them. Or he's saying, no, I'm stressed out right now. I need to go chill out under a tree away from everybody right now. And right. Just have some prayer and peace. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that he was such a beautiful example of really every aspect of how we're meant to live our lives, but certainly yes, just completely immersed in the present moment. And even down to, you know, the moment right before he was crucified, you know, he was living fully. I mean, to the point of, you know, sweating blood and, and pleading for things to, to change and they didn't change for him, but he still walked fully in the present, knowing exactly what he was headed toward and I think um yeah I think he was just such a, a beautiful living breathing example of what it means to just fully live in the present moment whatever that moment may bring just knowing that ultimately you are held and you are taken care of and you are loved going back to the what ifs one interesting thing that you do say though is not only can what ifs destroy us but they can also save us how can a what if save us yeah, I think there are definitely moments in life. Um, for me, the one that comes to mind in particular is a relationship that I was that I was in a few years ago, and I had throughout the course of the relationship, I had um, just a really strong gut feeling that something was not quite right. I didn't have necessarily anything manifesting physically that was showing me that something wasn't right, but it was just a, a feeling in my gut um, that something wasn't quite right, that that the person wasn't exactly who they were presenting themselves to be, that that he wasn't, you know, as great as the relationship seemed on the surface. It just, for me, I just felt deeply unsettled and I could never quite put my finger on it. And, and there were some, definitely I was contending with some what ifs. What if this relationship is not what it appears to be what if this guy ends up breaking my heart what if you know what if this feeling that I have is valid and it's not just you know something I should dismiss and ultimately it it you know it the truth sort of came uh became clear that um he was not the person that he had portrayed himself to be and and it was actually a you know went through this gigantic heartbreak and breakup and and then even later on down the road a year or so later I found out some more things um just by complete chance of that sort that sort of revealed a little bit more about why I was having this this you know deeply unsettled feeling in my gut so I think sometimes the what ifs when they when they are rooted in 
you know, if they're rooted in, in fear and worry and mistrust and panic, I think absolutely they're probably not what ifs that you need to listen to. But if they're rooted in, you know, that your intuition, your gut, your heart, your soul, like something in you, your spirit is speaking these what ifs to you. I mean, you have to really have the discernment to know which which direction the what ifs are taking you. And I will say that most of the time the what ifs are not are things that you don't need to be, you know, worried about or focused on. But I think that 1% of the time that you have that, whatever that still small voice is, wherever it's coming from, um, you need to listen to it because there have definitely been times for me, just, just the fact that my gut was, was already so um, just troubled throughout the relationship. I think I was, I was already prepared for the end of the relationship when it came. And I think that it was, you know, obviously it was still a devastating blow and I went through a very difficult season, but I think I also, you know, I just knew, I just knew like, okay, this is the way that things are supposed to be. And I I know that this entire time that I've felt this way for a reason and my feelings were valid and my gut instinct was valid and the what ifs were right on target. Um, So yeah, I absolutely think that there's times when, when the what ifs can rescue us from, you know, maybe a what is that was never meant for us to walk into. I like what you said about paying attention to the still small voice in those what ifs, though. I've struggled for, well, pretty much my whole life with anxiety, right? And that's always a very loud, panicky alarm bell (laughs) voice. and It's really robbed me of just enjoying everyday moments a lot because it's always what if this boat sinks that we're on, right? And what if this plane crashes and all that? You actually call anxiety the ultimate what if. So explain to me a little bit what you mean about that. Yeah, and I've I've honestly I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life as well. And I think that you're absolutely right. I think that the I I think I've gotten to the point now, you know, at age 43 where I can sort of discern between just the my my anxiety driven mind just going on overdrive because it's sort of like the mind versus the gut. Your gut usually doesn't operate in anxiety. Your gut instinct, your intuition, your you know, your spirit, it doesn't operate in anxiety. It's the mind, that monkey mind, as people call it, that mm-hmm. that gets lost on the anxiety rabbit trails. So I think if you can learn to distinguish between what your monkey mind and what your gut are telling you, I think that that's, that's where you're able to kind of draw the, you know, the line between, is this my anxiety speaking or is this, you know, something deeper speaking. Um, but in terms of anxiety being the ultimate what if, yeah, I mean, anxiety is 100% like, you know, we all know the famous scene in Wizard of Oz where, you know, you think that the great and powerful Oz is this big, you know, scary, menacing projection on this huge screen. And you think he's just this, this terrifying entity and you're shaking in your boots And then little Toto goes and pulls back the curtain and you see he's just a regular man after all. And a very deeply flawed man, as a matter of fact, and not someone to be afraid of or to be, you know, shaking over having to deal with. And I think that that's what anxiety is. Anxiety wants to convince you that everything is terrible and that you can't handle anything and that the world is falling apart. But really, anxiety is just it's it's not this big, scary Oz. It's really just sort of 
you know, the man behind the curtain who's just trying to convince you of how bad everything is and that you can't handle what life is throwing at you. Because here's what I've found, even as a deeply anxious person, I'm still here. I'm still standing. You know, my biggest fear in life came true of both of my parents getting sick almost simultaneously um, in the midst of a global pandemic when I wasn't able to go out and do normal things that you would do to self-soothe. Like I wasn't able to go out and go, you know, to a movie with my girlfriends or go shopping or go get a pedicure, whatever the human things that we do to make ourselves feel better. I wasn't able to do any of those things. I was just stuck with it. I had to just set with it and still, you know, I survived and I'm still here. And I think that that's the case for every human being. I think that your anxiety will convince you that you're not going to be able to handle whatever life is throwing at you, but you absolutely are and you can and you will because anxiety is not the great and powerful as anxiety is just the man behind the curtain. Your book, Turn Toward the Sun, Releasing What If, Embracing What Is. What do you hope that readers are going to take away from this book? Well, I hope, you know, the thing that I hope with all of my books is that people feel like they're sitting down talking to, you know, an old friend, that they're having coffee, that they're getting advice, that they're, you know, just having a a really warm, um, insightful heart to heart. So I always hope that anyone who reads my book my books walks away with that feeling, but also hope that, you know, that it just helps people live a little bit more in this present moment, because I think that we live in a very, very, you know, our world is very dark and scary and challenging right now. I think more so today than I, than it has been in my entire 43 years of living on this earth. So I think that, you know, just having that reminder, having a tangible reminder, I even wanted the book you know, to be bright yellow because I wanted it to be a light in the midst of the darkness. So I think just having something like a little bit of a guidebook, a little bit of a light along the way, a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, that's what I really want this book to to be for people. I want people to feel like, you know, hey, I can I can be a little braver. I can be a little, you know, a little bit more at peace with just living and anchored in this present moment and rooted in this present moment and you know realize that I there's absolutely again there's absolutely nothing I can do about yesterday obsessing over the past dressing over the future none of that is going to do me a bit of good in this present moment it's where my power lies and um, yeah I hope that this book is just a, a light to people in in this you know current sort of dark time that we're living in For those who are interested in picking up your book and learning more about you, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, um, you can actually, well, the book is available at any bookstore or anywhere books are sold online. Um, You can also go to turntowardthesunbook.com. It'll take you directly to the retailers to purchase the book. And you can find me on pretty much any social media platform at The Single Woman. Perfect, man. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us today and look forward to following along with you online and checking out the book. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.